Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Welcome to the Freedom Friday Hour. Today's date, May 3rd, 2019. I'm going to entitle the show, The uh, the Gain of the Bible. Making the Bible gay. Yeah. All these uh, brain surgeons out there. <laughs> you know, here's here's the trick, man. You, you can't... Uh, you can't change the truth in the Word of God... And you can't make it go away. It's God's truth. And you can't uh, you can't erase you know the history of the biblical you know scriptures that the ancient Hebrews have collected throughout you know millennium. So what you can do about the only thing you can do to compromise uh, ignorant biblically ignorant. Christianity and biblically ignorant world view people is to actually twist the scripture and uh, idolatrate it with doctrine of demons. That's been going on for thousands of years. The apostle Paul talked about this. Even when he was writing, he he feared that among the the early the early churches, the early called out ones, were wolves among them. And that as soon as he left, as soon as Paul left, one that was giving pure, unadulterated, godly doctrine from heaven, as well as the other apostles, from Jesus Christ himself, God made flesh, as soon as that generation of evangelists were taken out, these wolves would rise up and tear apart the sheep. And he's absolutely right. That's exactly what happened. And uh, it's been going on for thousands of years. So this is just more of it. I think the difference today is that it's so blatant and in your face. It's not subtle at all. And um, so the gain of the Bible. So there's a couple of uh, stories here. One's going to be a little longer than the other one. But let me start off with this one. This is from the Spectrum. This is in Utah, a local paper in uh, Utah. And there's there's a lot of Mormon news and stuff they have in there. But this one's uh, interesting because the Mormon church has embraced the LGBT recently. You know, these churches have to, to stay in business. And I, I mean that sincerely. It's a business. And in order to stay in business, to have the scam of, of tax-exempt status, <laughs> what a great scam. You can have... You have this multi-million dollar, probably a billion dollar business like the Mormon church, and you don't have to pay taxes on it. It's absolutely incredible. I can tell you some incredible stories of some um, 
of, of some of the Mormons that I've talked to out here that um, have been Mormons a long time, some of the insight to this stuff. But, you know, uh, their, their building program is incredible. I mean, million-dollar buildings, they don't, they don't break ground until everything's paid for, man. It has to be paid for by donations before they even break ground. They're really strict on their contracts uh, with their builders and contractors and things. They're incredible business people. And that's what they are. They're business people. And they don't have to pay taxes on this stuff. And so it's a, it's a great, great scam. Uh, not not given taxes status by our government. These these religious organizations actually created that. So that's their deal. It's a, it's a good deal. Um, you know, so, you know, when you look at Apple or some of these other companies and they say, well, they didn't pay taxes this year, you know, because they outsourced to China or whatever. Well, the big business churches aren't either. You are, but they're not. Just a little hint from your Uncle Paul. But uh, we have here the Mormon Church. We have uh, Brigham Young University, very conservative Mormon university. The Victorian comes out in a speech uh, in front of 10,000 peoples, and he says that he's proud to be a gay son of God. Now, here's, here's the headline. Now, the deal is, I think people really could care less if he comes out and says, hey, I'm a gay guy. Uh, really, that is old news. Um, it, it'd be more shocking if he came out and said, hey, I'm uh, a transgendered male, you know, or transgendered female, whatever. I think it'd be a little more shocking if he came out in a poodle skirt and high heels. But just to say you're gay, it's like, okay, so what? Who cares, you know? You know, no, no one cares what your sexual preference is. I don't want to know what you you do behind closed doors. But why this why this is an agenda item, a hit piece on Christianity, well, and on on the scripture on godly truth is that he's proud to be a gay son of God. So you have to add add that in there to to further the agenda. As a gay student, he came out during the Vela Victorian speech at a Mormon-owned Brigham Young University. And guess what? He's earned applause and admiration from fellow students and uh, notable figures like uh, actress Kristen Chenoweth. I don't know who that is, but she's a notable figure, apparently. And the husband of Democratic presidential candidate, Pete Butt E. Buddy Giggy. Can you imagine that? He's <laughs> this guy, Pete, Mayor Pete, gay Mayor Pete running for president, and his last name starts with Butt, B U T T, Butt a Gig, Butt a Gig. Just, <laughs> just an observation. Well, his husband, his gay married uh, lover, it praised this this guy. So his name is Matt Easton. He said Monday he hopes his decision helps ease loneliness felt by other LGBTQ students at the institution where an honor code forbids, forbids dating between members of the same sex. Uh, and he says, I hope they, they can know that they're not alone in the ways that Sometimes I felt alone at BYU to know their support for them and they're not broken. 
could also show other members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints the success LGBTQ members can achieve. We deserve to have our voices heard, this 24-year-old gay valedictorian Mormon said. The political science major, ooh, what a shock, said only a few people knew about his sexuality before, before he spoke the words last Friday, and he says, I am proud to be a gay son of God. In a speech, apparently it was pre-approved by college officials. And then a video of the speech has sparked accolades from this actress, Chinawith, and uh, who, who tweeted her love and support. Now check this out, folks. As a straight Christian woman. So this actress, Chinawith, I don't know who it is, is claiming to be a Christian woman, but yet she's praising those who do sin and abomination in the sight of God. Do you think she's a Christian woman? I say not, but she's going to claim she is. And so here's, here's the agenda. Here's the rub. We can't get rid of the word of God. You can't get rid of the truth in the word of God. But we certainly can adulterate it. We certainly can use their terms like Christian, um, church of the latter day saints. We can use those terms. We can use Holy Spirit. We can use any term we want. And then our meaning behind it is quite different than the biblical meaning. So when you see these people say, uh, you know, I love God or I'm worshiping God, it's not the God of the scriptures. It's not the creator God. It is the light bearer God. It is Lucifer that they're worshiping. They'll call him God. Or they'll call Jesus, Jesus, but it's a cheez that they're worshiping. And if you've read our book, Eyes to see unseen enemies, you will understand my language in which I'm speaking right now because that's what that book's all about. Christianity of Blasphemy is a small little paperback. You also get an ebook, Christianity of Blasphemy. We talk about all of this, we talk about the Cheez Its specifically, the replacement of the real Jesus with a Jesus, a pseudo Christ. Okay, we wrote this years ago, warning about it. And uh, but I tell you, it, it came full board and it's here and it's been here. So, those two books talk about this kind of stuff if you're interested in it. So, uh, also, this video not only got love and support from a straight Christian woman, Chinawith but also chasing butt a gig <laughs> who responded with bravo, 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 bravo. Uh, you see, the church has doctrinally opposition to same-sex marriage and intimacy. Um, though the faith, the Mormon church, right? See, there's another co-opted word, the faith. There's no such thing as the faith. You have faith in Jesus Christ. You have a belief, but the, the faith is not just a belief. I believe in him. Like I have faith that this table's in front of me. The faith is a commitment and a trust in God. It's a whole different thing, but they co-opt these words all the time. 
So the church has a doctrinal opposition to same-sex marriage and intimacy. They don't like to see men with beards kissing. Though the faith has gradually adopted a more compassionate stance. You see what I'm saying? It's a compassionate stance. They don't call it a compromised stance. The, the faith, the church, the Mormon church, has gradually adopted a more compromised and adulterated stance is what they should say, a more worldly stance, a more demonic stance. But no, they call it a compassionate stance. It's said in 2016 that homosexuality itself is not a sin. And LGBTQ members have a valued place. So they've already compromised. They've already gone the way of, of Lucifer. So I don't understand why they're fighting it still. They ought to just, you know, it's a business. It's not good for business to to fight with um, these other people. So just, it's a business. Just, just embrace it. Go for it. You know, bring them young. Quit, quit being mean. This month, the church reversed policies banning baptisms for children of gay parents that advocates said were particularly demeaning and hurtful. I didn't know that, but apparently, if you had a, a, a gay kid, or, I mean, you're gay and you had a more likely adopted children or whatever. You couldn't baptize them in the church, but now you can. So I love, I love how the real scriptures say that God's the same today. Oh, and yesterday and forever. See, he never changes. The creator God never changes, but the human, the feeble human mind that is demonically influenced changes all the time. The Bible says that unstable man is, well, it's like a ship tossed to and fro in the water. They're just unstable. You can see this. It's not just the Mormons. It's every religion out there. It's even your evangelical cultural Christianity is, is the same thing. They're embracing all of this stuff. They have to. They have to. They have to embrace it in order to stay in business. Uh, you can't stay in business unless you're going to be part of the world. If you don't accept the mark, you're not going to buy or sell. Understand what I'm saying there. The faiths, <laughs> I love it. The Faiths Balancing Act, you mean the Mormon Church's Balancing Act, hasn't always been smooth. Some initiatives raising hopes among LGBTQ members and others leaving them deflated. At uh, Brigham Young University, hundreds of students rallied April 12th, calling on officials to be more compassionate. In other words, be more uh, adulterated <laughs> and uh, accept sin. With violations, be more compassionate with violations of the honor code, which also bans drinking and premarital sex. So they're going to a conservative Mormon uh, university, but they want to drink. They want to screw around with each other, both male and female. So go to UCLA, maybe. You know, go to another type of university. Uh, I don't know. Easton, this 24-year-old gay Mormon who came out, said a Utah, he's a Utah native, and he's a lifelong member of the faith. You notice they never, they won't mention Mormonism. They just call it the faith. He spoke glowingly about his academic and spiritual experience at BYU. Mm. He said he's gotten personal support from people who knew about his sexuality. But he said there's still a long way to go, like allowing an official club to support LGBT students. BU, BYU didn't immediately comment on Monday. So 
They not only want to drink and have sex with one another, male and female, they also want a gay club <laughs> at BYU. And now, so the, so the faith, oh, we don't know what to do. We've, we, we are, we've already said it wasn't a sin, and we're embracing him. You see what I mean? So they go down a slippery slope, and they're going, oh, my gosh, you know, our business, our big building program, our multi-million, million, multi-million dollar stakes, you know, their, their churches, their stakes, their wards, you know, and their more expensive temples, huge building programs, all, I mean, I'm telling you what, there, there was a time not too long ago, 20 years ago, maybe or something, they, they were second only to the United States, the United States of America. The Mormon church was only second to the United States of America in building, constructing building. They were, they were, they were building a church like, uh, you know, one a day globally. I mean, unbelievable. And like I said, they don't finance anything. They don't then ask people for support. They have the money up front before they even break ground. You know, they're, they're one of those denominations that require a lot of giving. And yeah, uh, incredible business, tax, ex, tax exempt. This gay kid said, uh, it's only been the last four years that he's come to terms with his own gayness. And he's still figuring out how to exactly be gay uh, while reconciling it with his faith. I, I don't see what the problem is. You guys have changed your faith. You've changed your religion. So what's there to reconcile? You just change it. Uh, seems simple to me. I don't understand why they, they create such problems with themselves. They want to stay in business. You're going to have to embrace the mark of the beast. It's, it's that simple. If you want to buy or sell... In the beast system, you've got to support the beast. It's it's just like that. You can't work for a boss and hate this boss and not support him, the owner of the company, say, and not support him and not go golfing with him and not go drinking with him and chasing women with him if you want to get promoted. If you want to get promoted, you got to do those things that the owner of the company admires and likes to do. If he plays tennis, you better learn to play tennis. If he's a Mormon, you better be a Mormon. If he's an atheist, you better be an atheist. If you want to get promoted, because you're in the B system. I wish somebody would just write a, a book like that. Just be honest and write a book. I hate this. How to succeed in the music business. How to succeed in business. How to succeed as a company. None of that matters. Your talent, how much you practice, how good you are, what kind of degree you have. None of that matters. Only thing matters is if you've accepted the beast in the beast system. That's the only way you're going to be successful in the beast system. Just write, somebody write a book and just come out and say, you want to be a famous celebrity, you want to be a famous musician, you need to sell out to Satan, do his agenda, and he will make you famous to, to the degree that it'll happen for, for his agenda. But after that, or... Soon after that, or maybe later after that, the the price you pay is eternal torment in hell. So you got to look at it and go, well, it's a small price to pay eternal damnation for my little, whatever, 20 years of fame and fortune here. It's really that simple. 
So uh, anyway, next next up, this uh, the gay Mormon's planning to plant a vegetable garden with his sister and his niece, and he's going to take the big questions one day at a time. So that's what young men do at age 24. When they graduate, they go, I'm going to plant a vegetable garden with my sister and my niece. Uh, and he says, I wish I had all the answers to it, and I don't, but I take one day at a time and focus on my relationship with my family, and here it is, and my God. So... That's the agenda right there. That's why that story is important. How many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts, chapter 19, where there were seven sons of Sceva, and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go up to this guy who's demon-possessed, and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah. And guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy Demons in My Marriage Bed. A true story of spiritual warfare. The book is not about you being married or single. The book is about dealing with demonic forces. And you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you. The book is a training manual and there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book. Okay, and another way that... uh they can turn the Bible into gayness is having defectors or or I would say uh, men and women who were never really saved in the first place because if you were, you certainly wouldn't come to these illogical demonic doctrine conclusions that they are. But nonetheless, they had jobs and positions in religion as ministers or pastors involved in the uh, Christian religion of some sort that have now defected into Satanism, but still claiming their, uh, you know, their expertise as, you know, Christian ministers and then promoting a doctrine of demons. So that's another way to do it uh, using uh, what the world or, you know, a big, biblically ignorant Christians would view as, um, you know, an expert or, you know, a credible uh, teacher or a, a credible opinion on such things. Uh, those of us and, and you listening know better that these people are not credible but that they are sons of Belial and liars and doing the agenda. But this is what's dangerous is that 
the enemy is within. I mean, if if these were just outside attacks or, you know, some celebrity just trying to mix in scripture or churchianity with the gayness, the LBGTQ, that would be easy to like dismiss outright. But when it comes from within these organizations or ministers or, or whatnot, many, many people are going to be fooled by this, this wolf in sheep's clothing, this ravenous wolf that's tearing up the flock, right? What's what's left of any flock at all? So th- this this story proves this point, and it's a very annoying story, but yet it's very enlightening to see what the the opinions are out there on such uh, such nonsense. And you know, let me let me be real clear about LBGTQTIXAZ and all this stuff. I'm not saying that this particular act or belief is any worse than any other rebellion against the creator God. What I'm saying is that if you strip away all the nonsense of love and, you know, they want to, they can marry who they want and they love the whole, you strip away all this nonsense and you look back on the words they use themselves about their sexuality, their sexual preference. I don't care if your sexual preference is for another man or for another woman or for a fish, right? If you have a sexual preference for fish, that cannot be a godly thing because The God character, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the God character never includes your sexuality in your carnal flesh. It never includes that. Matter of fact, the sensual, the perverted, the lustful characters that underpin a sexuality are actually attributed to the fruits of the flesh, of the carnal nature, of a serpent seed nature. But godly character, godly character never, ever, ever includes your sexual desires. Never. Now you can look up Galatians 5 and you can see both listed there. Galatians 5. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Then you can see the fruit of the Spirit and its results, and you can see the fruits of the flesh and its results. And sexuality or your desire to have sex with a fish or your car or with a robot or with a little girl or a little boy or another man or another woman is never part of a godly character. So let me be real clear when I'm talking about the gain of the Bible is a rebellion, it's a sin in its lust and in its perversion and its unnaturalness and its uncharacteristicness of the fruits of the Spirit. It's not something from the heavenlies. It is earthly and sensual. So I'm hope I'm clear on that. I think many 
uh, many people uh, that are against LBTQ, ABC, like to focus just on the sin part. You know, sin and God, and that's true. It is. Um, but so is lying, right? So is cheating. So is um, anger, road rage. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things. If you want to just get all crazy, the whole idea is that in Christ, in, in the real Messiah, in the biblical Messiah, the way it really is, a person's real faith, their pastille, their belief, their entrustment, their baptism in, their allegiance to the Messiah changes their character from one of the flesh to one of the Spirit of God, fruits of the Spirit. It's a character thing. It's a new creature, a new creation. We should all becoming, all should become and are becoming new people in God as we travel the journey with him rather than the opposite. All right? So this next story is from USA Today. And uh, this, this, this proves my point here. It says, American churches must reject literalism and admit we got it wrong on gay people. Okay, that title alone should get your hackles up. Churches must reject literalism. So the literalism he's talking about is is the literalism of Scripture. Over and over, you know, a man shall not lay with another man or a woman with another. It's an abomination of God. It's unnatural, blah, blah, blah. Paul's writings, God, the law of, of Moses. That's the literalism that this writer wants the churches to reject and he wants them to admit that the churches, he says we, so he's part of the church, got it wrong on, on gay people. So now God didn't get it wrong, but the church did. <laughs> uh, this, this is written, let me tell you who it's written by. Before I read the article, that way you kind of get a the sense of where I'm going with it. It's a man named Oliver Thomas. Oliver Thomas is a retired American Baptist minister. Let me, let me say that again. The writer of what I'm about to read you is a retired American Baptist minister. And he's a member of USA Today's Board of Contributors <laughs> as a retired American Baptist minister. So this is what I'm saying. They're sons of Belial, they're wolves in the sheep clothing, and so now they present themselves with the credibility of being an American Baptist minister who knows more than you because he went to three years of theology school or I don't care if he went to eight years of seminary. He, people think he knows more than you, than what the Holy Spirit can reveal to you because he's smart and he was a, a minister, more likely a pastor some sort. But this guy is a false, not only a false teacher, he's a son of Satan. He's an anti-Christ and he's an anti-God. And so what he writes for USA Today, by the way, not some little magazine somewhere, some little op-ed piece in some little small town newspaper, 
with his fame and fortune that he gets from USA Today as a contributor, he then attempts and probably does to some degree lead many, many, many straight to hell because he's a fool and he's a tool of Satan. Oliver Thomas is a fool. A retired Baptist American minister is a fool. And here's what the story says. He says, here's what he writes. He says, a sad thing, a sad thing is happening in America. The church is killing itself. A great revelation has occurred that is bringing joy and happiness to millions, but it is being met with resistance and retrenchment from many of my colleagues inside the church. What's he talking about? He says the church is killing itself. What, he, what, he, what does he mean the church is killing itself? Does he mean the called out one, the ecclesia, the way from the Bible? No. He's talking about the business of churching. It's a business. That's killing itself. It's the biz, you're, you're killing the business. And here's why. A great revelation has occurred that brings joy and happiness to millions. What is that great revelation? Is that great revelation Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God made flesh, came down as a sacrifice for your sins and to provide a way back to the Creator God for eternal life? Is that is that the great revelation he's talking about? No, the great revelation he's talking about is that men can sleep with other men and women can sleep with other women and you can be gay or transgender or, or queer or whatever you want to be, bisexual, trisexual, and that is the news. That's the good news for Oliver Thomas. That's the good news that's bringing happiness to millions. You got that? This guy is a tool of Satan. And that happiness is being resisted by many of his colleagues inside the church. And he goes on and he writes, the revelation, the revelation is that LGBTQ people are just like the rest of us. That's the joy, the revelation that he's talking about. He's not talking about Messiah. He's not talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's talking about the sin and the abnormality and the dysfunction and the satanic behavior of LGBTQ people are just like the rest of us. Well, they're not just like the rest of us. They're not just like the rest of us. The rest of us who have not given way to the marks of the beast. Because my business model can't fail because I don't have a business model. I do not treat the gospel as a business. And he goes on and he says, they are not perverts nor are they abnormal. Brother Kapara, as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Experts once declared them to be. So they changed that too. He says people don't choose their sexual orientation any more than they choose their race or gender. 
that, my friend, is a bold face, stupid, by the way, lie. You mean to tell me people don't choose their sexual orientation any more than they choose their race or gender? Now, you're, you're born, I was born, a, a, you know, from Mexican descent, right? I didn't choose that. Um, and I was born a male, right? I, I didn't choose that. Well, if I'm sexually attracted to fish, I didn't choose that either. That's not a choice. I was born to be sexually attracted to fish or to another man. You're out of your gourd, Oliver. You freaking liar. You piece of demonic poop poop. There, I said it. I said poop poop. And he writes, he goes, this is what lay behind a recent comet by Mayor Pete Butt in gig. <laughs> I love, I just love saying that. Pete Butt in gig. Gig. Pete, Pete the Butt. Mayor Pete the Butt of, oh, listen to this, folks. Here, I'm going to get crazy with it. Mayor Pete Butt of South Bend. <laughs> you know, picture pitch Mayor Pete Butt bending. Right? He's got that bar of soap in the shower. Pete Butt of South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> it's Indiana. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It's too good. The butt is bending south, Indiana. <laughs> All right. So he says, he says that Mayor Pete Butt. He says that Vice President Mike Pence's quarrel, if he has one, is not with the mayor. Your quarrel, sir, said the openly gay Democratic presidential candidate, is with my creator. <gasps> oh, Pete Butt. You shouldn't have said that, Pete Butt. But Pete Butt said it. Can you imagine that? Your quarrel, sir, is not with me. His, it, Pence, Pence's quarrel is with my maker, my creator. Well, who, who's who's Pete talking about? Is he talking about Yahweh, the creator God? No, he's talking about Lucifer, the, the light bearer. That's, that's the one who created Pete Butt, bending in the south and having fun in Deanna. You know what I'm saying? That's the one. It, it, the Lucy. Lucy loser in the sky. All right. Now, this has nothing to do with politics. This has nothing. Really, seriously, it has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican or conservative. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with Satanism and godly character. That's, that's what that, that's the difference. That's what this is versus. So Pete, Pete Butt, has played his uh, Christian card, <laughs> right? So it's, it's not enough just to come out and say, I'm a gay homothetical, right? Um, and I was born this way uh, to desire another bony need man. It's not enough to say that, but they have to say it's the way I was created by my creator. So they have to add that in there. So you they can't get rid of biblical truth. They can't change the biblical truth. Um, they can't. They can't stop that. So they can only corrupt it and adulterate it and co-opt 
the words, the same the same language we use, they, they co-opt it. That's why they use words like, you know, my creator or my faith, <coughs> right? Uh, all, Tom, Oliver Thomas, this Antichrist, the retired Baptist minister, what a fool, what an idiot. Here's, here's what this moron says, and he is a moron because he sold out to the devil. That's not a smart man. That's not a smart move. That's not something you do. Because he's thinking it's a small price to pay. Eternity in hell is a smart price to pay for a little fame and fortune being a writer for USA Today. It's a small price to pay. Right? Because they don't think they're going to pay that price. Because they're blinded. They bought into the lie. That's a stupid person. The United Methodists, he says, one of America's most beloved denominations. I don't know if that's true. How many people just, I just love the Methodists. Who cares, right? He says uh, they're doubling down on their opposition to gay clergy and gay marriage by threatening expulsion to congregations that don't toe the line. Like, that's bad, right? But it is bad if that's your business. Because your business needs the LBGTQXYZ to spend money at your business. So it's bad business practice. But it's not bad biblical practice. But if your biblical practice is business, now you got a problem. And he goes and he says, the threat is particularly ominous given that the denomination rather than the local congregations that paid for them hold title to the church buildings. Woo, that is pregnant. It's as pregnant as Pete Butt, Indiana. They hold title to church buildings. As you talk in the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the way. The followers of Yeshua, the followers of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No, because, well, we're not buildings. Peter says that we're building stones, blocks, building a spiritual temple unto the Lord. We have nothing to do with physical buildings. So no one can hold title to us except Yahweh himself. But that's not what this guy's talking about. He goes on, he says, conservative columnists like Patrick Buchanan warn of the crack-up of Christianity. And why is Christianity cracking up? Because they're not accepting the LBTQXYZ. Bad. Bad for business. Here's the corner we have painted ourselves into, he says. Now, he says ourselves. He's not talking about me and you. He's talking about them, the religious business model. He says, the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. <laughs> so that's a bad thing. That saying, the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. That saying right there has painted the church into a horrible corner, says this writer. 
He says, yet the Hebrew and Christian scriptures did not float down from heaven perfect and without error. So Oliver Thomas does not believe in the inerrancy of scripture. Now, if you if you sit there and try to argue with me and tell me that the King James Bible or whatever is perfectly written and there's not a grammatical thing in there and that blah, 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 you're out of your gourd because you just, there is. But the spirit the content and the doctrine of the words of God are inerrant. They are inerrant. They are perfect and without error because they're from God. And you know what? They did float down from heaven because men were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write. That became our scriptures, both the 66 and the other ones that are not included. Your words of God. But not according to this retired Baptist minister. He says that the scriptures, they were written by men, and those men made mistakes. Dang it. He says a few of the more obvious ones. Now, here he goes and he breaks down. Now, so somebody who's not sharp is going to read this and go, yeah, yeah, he's right. you got a good point here. Now, here's a guy that's supposed to be a retired, though, Baptist minister. And here's what he does. To mislead people into being gay, or at the very least, accepting the gay rebellion, the agenda of Lucy. He says, the scriptures, they were written by men, and those men made mistakes. A few of the more obvious ones include the sources of inspiration for the census taken during the reign of King David. Well, 2 Samuel attributes it to God, while Chronicles attributes it to Satan. So there, I proved it. The Bible has error. You can't, you got to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater now. The other thing he talks about, he says the date of the crucifixion. John says it was on Passover, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke says it was a day earlier. Now, you know what? People, real scholars, Real theologians have been over this and over this. They explain these things, uh, but not this guy. He's just going to take things at the surface. Oh, I can give him a dozen more things. There's Goliath in, in one deal, and then Goliath's brother in another. There's all kinds of, right? But that doesn't make the doctrine of God of less effect. Just because there wasn't a dot where there should have been a tittle doesn't make the doctrine of God less effect. And he says, and the date of Abram's pilgrimage from Mesopotamia to Canaan. Genesis says it was before the death of his father, Terah, but Acts says it was after. (laughs) I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, why would a retired Baptist minister want to tear apart people's belief in the inerrancy of the scripture. Because he says reason and experience, (laughs) excuse me, contradict scripture. Reason, experience, contradict scripture. The Baptist minister goes on and he says, the most difficult challenges arise when the teachings of scripture are contradicted by reason and experience. And then here's else what he uses as a tool of Satan to convince those who who can't think past this. 
He says, slavery is the best or perhaps worst example. Now, what person, you know, reading this is going to go, oh, no, slavery was good. That was a good idea. Let's go. Let's do- no, what are you talking about? No, they're going to they're gonna agree right off the bat that slavery is bad. Right off the bat. You have to, right? And so now he's got you in agreement, and then here's what he's going to do to twist your head. He says, in hindsight, we can see the obvious. Love your neighbor as yourself does not leave room for the enslavement of others. But Southerners had scriptures on their side. Uh, He gives no references, but that's what he says. He says, slaves were admonished to submit to their masters in the writings of both Peter and Paul. Now, Now, see, see what I mean? So he's making it sound like Peter and Paul had slaves or Peter and Paul endorsed slavery. He doesn't tell you that slavery was just there in their culture at that time and that Peter and Paul were talking to them. Just like they were talking to pagans or Gentiles or Jews or women or men. They weren't endorsing slavery, but he's going to make you think they were. And he says, the Hebrew scriptures likewise considered slavery as part of the divine order. Did you know that? I didn't know that. And he gives no references for that, but he doesn't need to support his ridiculous statement because he's a retired Baptist minister. Dang it. And he has credibility. And he says, but we knew better. We knew better. Even so, it took a bloody civil war before Southern Christians came to grips with the fact that blacks were not inferior to whites and should not be systematically kidnapped, murdered, raped, and enslaved. Wow, this guy's going for the jugular, isn't he? Southern Christians had to come to grips that it just was not right. I don't care what the Bible says, it wasn't right to kidnap, murder, rape, and enslave other people, even though the Bible says you can do that. What? Who is this guy? Was he reading the Koran? Who is this guy? And then, it, and then he goes, and even that wasn't enough. The rise of the Ku Klux Klan, white citizen councils, and private K-12 through segregation academies across the South attest to how slowly prejudice dies when it is supported by proof text from the Bible. And he gives no references for that statement. Um, amazing. Amazing this this guy is. Huh? I know I'm spending a lot of time on this article, but um, it's it has to be said. He says, and then he goes on, this why we're at the jugular, we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna go more for the We're going right for the jugular, then we're going right for the brain on this one. A similar thing happened with women's rights. While the Apostle Paul, you have to discredit Apostle Paul too. You have to in order to get your satanic agenda. While the Apostle Paul again exhorted women to submit, stupid, to their husbands uh, and keep silent in church. Stupid women, you shut up and submit to your husbands, stupid women. That's what Paul said, right? And he says, reason and experience taught otherwise. Our reason and experience taught otherwise. Paul was wrong. You shouldn't have to submit to your husbands, women, and you don't have to keep silent in church. 
Despite Catholic and evangelical resistance, more and more of today's churches are elevating women to positions of leadership and authority. <laughs> See this guy? This guy's a piece of work, isn't he? Right? Because we, we all know that's not what it's about. We all know that's not what Paul was talking about, right? We all know that. We all know he was talking about the hierarchy of Jesus Christ, who's the head of the man. Right? We all know that. And then he says, we got it wrong on gays and lesbians. Churches will continue hemorrhaging members and money. Oh, he said it. The Luciferian little fagalot said it. That churches, businesses will continue hemorrhaging members and money at an alarming rate until we muster the courage to face the truth. What is that truth? That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? No. The truth is we got it all wrong on gays and lesbians. This shouldn't alarm or surprise us. We have learned some things that the ancients, including Moses, well, let's discredit Moses while we're at it, you know, you know, for the Jews, and Paul simply did not know. We know stuff that those two guys, Moses, by the way, who received the law of God, through the hand of angels, right? Moses on Mount Sinai simply didn't know what we know today. And poor Paul, you know, that apostle who got beat and whipped and thrown in prison for his gospel message. He didn't, he didn't know what we know. We, we know so much. We're, you know what? I'm Oliver Thomas. I got three years of theological seminary training. I know a lot more Pops Paul. I know Pops Paul didn't like gays, and I do. Pops Paul never wrote for USA Today. He only wrote a couple letters in the New Testament. What did he know? Oh, then here you go. Here's, here's this should chap you. You want to get chapped? He says, not even Jesus. Oh, what? Let me say it again, not even Jesus, not even, Je not even Jesus, who was fully human. <gasps> wow. Wow. Fully human. Do you get it? I hope you understand what this guy is saying. He's saying that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was not God made flesh. He did not spill divine blood. For anybody because he was fully human. You know what that makes Jesus? A human teacher, a rabbi. It does not make him divine. Now let me remind you what the Apostle John said about those who deny that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was God come in the flesh is the spirit of Antichrist. Oliver Thomas is Antichrist. He's the son of Satan. I see right through it, so should you. Unfortunately, the majority of the world has their head so far up their ass, they won't see it. He says not even Jesus, who was fully human, and therefore limited to what first century humans knew. Jesus was fully human, 
And therefore, he was limited to what first century humans knew. He is talking about my creator. He's talking about the one that nothing was made, that is made, that was not made. Anything that's here was made by him. He was the Logos. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh, but not according to this Baptist minister, piece of feces. He says that Jesus was fully human and he was limited to just what humans do in the first century. Jesus could know, uh, he could not know about cancer or schizophrenia. Jesus couldn't know about atomic energy and a million other things the centuries have taught us. Woo, is this one arrogant son of Satan? My God, folks. My God. I can only pray that he gets judged soon because this guy needs to go. This guy's made his bed with Satan. He needs to go and lie in that bed and be rewarded for all these harsh, arrogant, stupid things that he has written and said against God. And he, he, he says this. He says, it's difficult to watch good people, and the churches are full of them, buy into the sincere but misguided notion that being a faithful Christian means accepting everything the Bible teaches. We don't impose the death penalty on adulterers, Sabbath breakers, and rebellious children, nor do we chase women from God's house because they are menstruating or exclude men because of their physical handicaps. Yet all of this and more is commanded by the Bible. The time has come for Christians to take a deep breath and ask themselves, what does loving my neighbor and my enemy as myself look like? And then proceed accordingly. Once again, Oliver Thomas is a retired American Baptist minister and a member of USA Today's Board of Contributors. You see, this guy wants to continue to call himself and his associates Christians, but they're not Christians. They don't follow Christ. They're not Christ's followers. They have nothing to do with your Messiah. He should call himself a Luciferian because that's who he's following. Why have a church that's based on the on a book like the Bible if you're not going to believe anything in it? You don't want to take it literally. It says all kinds of stuff. Oh, we shouldn't. Yet all that is commanded by the Bible. We we gotta we 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 gotta get rid of it. But the only one I do, the only thing I do like about the Bible is what it says. You know, love your neighbor. Uh, you know, and your enemy like yourself. And yeah, that's the only thing I like. But he misses the rest of it. And it says, love your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, your spirit. He didn't say that part because if he did, he would know why you can't be LGBTQ without repenting of your sin, without repentance. Wow. <laughs> That's a tough one, folks. I know it was a long article, 57 minutes into it. Um, Chew on that one. Uh, real quick, there's a five-year-old girl who was hospitalized, undergo surgery after an Alabama man allegedly rapes her. 
But that's okay, according to the retired Baptist ministers. They're going to like this because, uh, well, you know, the Bible The Bible says don't commit rape and murder. But what does the Bible know? The Bible says don't be uh, given to demons. But what does the Bible know? All right? Millbrook, Alabama. An Alabama man is accused of raping a five-year-old girl who was hospitalized. She went under uh, undergone surgery. Um, this guy's 28 years old, was arrested over the weekend on charges, including first-degree rape, chemical endangerment of a child, and second-degree possession of marijuana. Um, the district attorney said, this is one sick bastard who I hope never sees the light of day. We'll do everything we can to make that happen. Um, they went to, uh, authorities went to a hospital to report of a sexually assaulted child. Uh, can you imagine? The kid had to go under, undergo surgery. It was so bad. The girl was in a stable condition. He said it was one of the worst cases he's seen in 31 years. All right. So, um, this is a demon in a flesh suit. You got to see his picture, uh, smiling with his gold teeth. It's a demon. They're everywhere. It's a demon. But, you know, let's not worry about the demon raping a five-year-old girl, you see, because, you know, what, is, you know what? what does love look like? What does it look like to love your, your, you know, your enemies? This guy's my enemy. He just raped a five-year-old girl. He's my freaking enemy. And what does it look like to love him? Because the Bible says... The Bible says this guy is a demon in a flesh suit. This guy is submitted to Satan. But I, what does it look like? I got to love this guy and accept him in my church. And we're failing because we're not providing little girls to be raped. You see the ridiculousness of, of Oliver Thomas, the fool. I know he'll never hear it. Nobody related to him will ever hear what I'm saying. I just wish they would. And I hope, the only, my only hope is that someday in eternity, the words I speak ring out like a tape recorder to all the naysayers that go, hey, you know, and I just hope it rings out. I go, no, the guy was right. <laughs> the guy was right. You were supposed to follow my word. You were supposed to serve me and not the other one. No, nah, he was right. You guys screwed up. Another story, a woman lands up at the hospital after crying too much watching the Avengers. Do I need to say any more? The Avengers Endgame was released this last week, and people are, are trying hard not to come across spoilers. They're crying. But uh, there was a woman in China, and she went very excited. Uh, she was very excited to watch the, the superhero film. But after watching it, she's 21 years old, by the way, 21 years old. She got so overwhelmed towards the end of the film that she cried so bad. For, for She cried so much that uh, her hands got numb. Her, her face was numb. She couldn't feel her face. She couldn't breathe. And she had to be rushed to the hospital where they shoved the oxygen down her throat to get her uh, calmed down. And she cried so much she started facing pain and difficulty around the chest. And uh, she couldn't even feel uh, her sensations around her hands and feet. Her fingers got stuck in a claw position. Her fingers got stuck in a claw position. She was so emotionally upset by the Avengers Endgame, her fingers got stuck in a claw position. And she went to the hospital. File that one under... 
dumb demons. One last story. Britain's pervasive horror of knife crime reaches record for number of stabbing homicides. But the Bible says murder is wrong and you can't take that literally. So thank God these young kids in London are rejecting the literalness of that crazy scripture. Jesus didn't even believe it. See, because Jesus was just a man and he only was aware. He wasn't aware of atomic energy and he wasn't aware of Kung Fu, you know, how to fight knives. He wasn't aware of that because he was only a dude. Jesus didn't know. So what do they know? God didn't know when he said, don't commit murder. So we got rid of that. And now we got this, and this is better. And we should bring this in our church, and the church is failing because we're not allowing people to stab other people. There was a boy, seven years old. He threatens to knife a pregnant school teacher. There was two high school students from opposite ends of the country. Both 17 die in a violent stabbing hours apart. There was five separate knife attacks over four days. A 45-year-old woman's spinal cord is severed leaving her paralyzed. Knife-related homicides took 285 lives in England and Wales in a year period, from March 17 to March 18. Because they, they don't have guns over there. So they just grab knives. You see, because demons that are violent are going to be violent with anything or nothing because they're violent demons. You can't legislate demonology. But, you know, the Bible, this is wrong. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. A record was set since data collection began in 1946. And this doesn't include Northern Ireland or Scotland. You can imagine what happens there. Yeah. The police leaders youth workers, victims' families. They call for action. Come on, do something. I don't know how, what, what anybody's supposed to do about this. What are you going to do? It says the pervasive horror of knife crime must end, said Prince Charles of Wales. It's getting worse, and I don't believe we've reached the peak. No. Ah, it's amazing. Campaigners and academics have different explanations for what has caused the increase in knife crime. I know it caused it. A godless society. It's simple. It's simple. You do like Thomas Oliver, Oliver Thomas does, and you reject the truth. You reject God, and you despise truth, and he turns you over to a reprobate mind, and he turns you over to Satan. To destroy you. That's right. That's the answer. They can't figure it out. They can't explain it because they don't believe it. They can't explain it. But official data shows violent crime in Britain has, oh, this is uh, overall has fallen by about a quarter since 2013. So it was worse. Now, some blame social economic factors specifically cuts the public spending that reduce the reach of welfare programs that provide mental health services. Yeah, that did it. Uh, there's not enough money to, uh, to have programs for, for, the, to, for these loony bins. That's not still, they're killing people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not it. 
You wouldn't have mental illness. You wouldn't have the problems if you weren't a godless society, if you weren't a godless people. I'm not just talking about Britain. I'm talking about America. I'm talking about every friggin' place on this flat earth. Others say the pervasive use of social media encourages copycat-like incidents. And still others say, um, there's fewer police on the street. Yeah. The cops make no difference if someone's going to stab somebody in their apartment. Uh, so anyway, the number of incidents recorded by police on Britain's streets involving knives or sharp instruments is increasing to 40,829 last year. It's a rise of 6%. So they're, they're just, they're going crazy over there. They're grabbing staplers and plastic forks, whatever they can get their hands on and just whacking each other because they're godless. That's why. They've rejected truth. They've rejected God. That's why this happens. That's why humanity is going to be reset. That's why it's going to be in game for real. And there's a few who get it. There's a few who understand it and go, huh, I'm going to go the way of truth. I'm going to, you know what? It's a small price to pay to be in this prison planet for the few years you're here and reap eternal salvation. It's a small price to pay to work your way out of this probation. But these people think the opposite is true. They think it's a small price to pay to spend eternity in hell for a, you know, a few moments of uh, you know grab butt down here on this uh, prison planet. At least 40 people have been fatally stabbed in Britain in 2019. They come from all kinds of backgrounds. Ten were teenagers, although the majority of homicide victims were 18 to 24. Males, mostly. Hmm. Yeah. 17-year-olds were stabbed to death on the same weekend in different parts of England. The youngest victim, a guy named, the guy was 14, was pushed off a scooter and stabbed to death. The police say this kind of phenomenon often seems to want to avoid being pinned down to cause and effect. Uh, but anyway, they said what's clear is that lots of young men and disproportionate dis, uh, numbers to what we previously experienced are being attacked, wounded, and in many cases killed. Yeah. Anyway, it goes on and on. Uh, but the answer is, the, the, the answer to the problem is is you have a god you have a godless people you have a god godless species now there, there's no there's no rectifying it there's no turning it back you're not going to fix it you know it, it's hard to accept it is hard for me to accept sometimes you can tell I'm very irritated after reading that one article I just you know it just really irritates me uh, because I I hate I hate these people who who lie about God. I hate the enemies of God. And I get irritated, you know? But I have to remind myself that these things have to be. The iniquity has to fill up. If unrighteousness and iniquity doesn't fill up this, this fishbowl that I'm in, 
If it doesn't fill it up, then it can, it can never be reset. There's a time, there's an appointed time of resetting. There's a moed and it's coming, but it has the iniquity has to be filled up. There's a time when the cup is full and it's over. And it really is in game. It's not Avengers in game. I hate to tell you, but it's called Yahweh in game. And it's an end game and it's going to be over. And so I know that these things have to occur. It has to get worse. It has to get uglier. Love has to grow colder. There has to be more perplexity of nations. There has to be men's hearts felling them for fear, for looking at all the crap on this place. And it's happening now. It's happening all over. There's demons released all over the place. And they're torturing humans and they're killing others and they're stabbing and raping babies. And it has to be fulfilled before the end. And I know that. But even knowing all of that, it's hard to sit and watch it and then talk about it. And I wouldn't do it, but I feel the need to warn others, anybody who will has half a brain, half a little bit of spirit in them that might listen and go, hey, maybe this guy's right. Maybe I need to go the other way. All right. With that, have a cheerful uh, weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Sipping whiskey from a paper cup. You drown your sorrows till you can't stand up. Take a look at what you've done to yourself. Why don't you put the bottle back on the shelf? Yellow fingers from your cigarette. Your hands are shaking while your body sweats. Why don't you look in the Jesus? He got the answer. Work all night, you sleep all day. You take your money, throw it all away. You say you're gonna be a superstar, but you never hung around enough to find out who you really are. Sipping whiskey from a paper cup. 
different. Life was a thrill. You knew tomorrow would be better still. Things have changed. You're much older now. If you're unhappy and you don't know how, why don't you look in?